Hello, you are listening to Omnitalk's Retail Fast Five, brought to you in partnership with the A&M Consumer and Retail Group, Firework, SPS Commerce, and Sezzle. Ranked in the top 10% of all podcasts globally, the Retail Fast Five is the podcast that we hope makes you feel a little smarter, but most importantly, a little happier each week too. Today is August 31st, 2023. I'm your host, Dan Mazinga. And I'm Chris Walton. And we are here once again to discuss the most important headlines of the past week that highlight how the physical, digital, and human elements of retail are coming together to shape the future. Chris, my friend. Yes, Anne. You have a new topper on today. <laughs> a new topper. That's an interesting hat. Yes, I do. This hat. I got this new hat courtesy of the Hat Club, thehatclub.com. It's part of their 30 for 30 collection where they're highlighting baseball teams and their their logos and their you know their various paraphernalia from the early 90s which you know were the solid days of my youth and the yes. early days of high school freshman through freshman probably freshman through junior year the early 90s <laughs> you know so uh so yeah so I'm proudly wearing it I'm going to put the link to the collection in the in the show notes today but yeah thanks to them for uh giving me my hat wear for today's podcast. It's been a while I, since I've worn a hat too and I think I, you know? I was going to say well it's funny like I'm I think trying to that- class it up I think that the people that approach us with like product sampling requests know us very well. You are getting 30 for 30, like vintage hat collection. And I am getting cozy earth, like stay at home joggers for the middle-aged woman. That's right. That's right. And and I forgot to say too, the reason it's a Cubs hat is because I'm going down to Iowa this weekend for Liberty Weekend to celebrate my grandfather, my grandfather, Richard Judici's. He's from the South side of Chicago originally. His 96th birthday and 96 so year old, 96 years old. Yes. He's Richard DDC and my uncle's Richard, my son's Richard. So we've got big Dick, little Dick and wee Dick in the family. That's what we call them. And that's, uh, you call your son heard. wee Dick. We do. We do sometimes. Yes. We call him. Oh boy. <laughs> especially when he's being naughty and especially okay. when he's being naughty. Okay. All right. But, uh, yeah. That's how we to... refer to each other in the, in the Walton Judici household. Yes. Oh, the good old goodness. Italian name, which you could never know by looking You're going to have to get a photo of that this weekend. I think. I know. Right. Oh, I'm sure there'll be lots of photos. Yes. Although he probably can't stand up to take one anymore All right. at his age, but right. uh, we'll, we'll do our best, uh, do our best with him for sure. Um, okay. Well, Chris, we've got a big show today. We got a I, fun show. The headlines, they're, they're like, they're like amping up. It's like, they don't realize August it's anymore. Yeah. It's they don't realize August. it's the last week before Labor Day weekend. The, the retail industry was like, bam, we are, we're starting early this year. We're slamming you Omni talk. All right. Well, before we get to the headlines, I want to tell everyone that the long-awaited moment has finally arrived. Meetup Selections Week is now underway for Grocery Shop, and the buzz of connections being forged is, let's just say, Anne, it's electric. It's electric. Like the slide? Like the slide. Like the slide. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 Exactly like that. As you're listening to this, thousands of grocery ecosystem peers from across the globe are checking out each other's profiles and selecting who they like to meet through Meetup happening during grocery shop in Las Vegas next month. I was talking, I was actually, believe it or not, and I was talking to the grocery shop leadership team yesterday. Yes. And they told me, believe it, believe it or not, they told me that within the first 24, ag- first 24 hours, a staggering 20,000 selections were made in their meetup system. That is crazy. I'm surprised it doesn't break. Like, I how, know, right? Like, this is like mass input towards the system, but they're... It, 20,000 20, people. 20,000 selections in 24 hours. That's crazy. But, and it's just getting started. You can okay. get on, 
Get in on the action and kickstart meaningful connections with the individuals who will help you drive your business forward. And the cherry on top two, Anne, is that these meetings operate on a double opt-in basis, ensuring you don't waste a minute of your time. You can rest assured you're meeting with someone who you want to meet and who wants to meet you. But time is of the essence, folks. Prices are going up and Meetup is closing this coming Tuesday, September 6th. So don't miss out. Head over to groceryshop.com slash Omnitalk and secure your place within the industry's most expansive and cutting-edge networking program to date. That's groceryshop.com slash Omnitalk. And are you pumped for Grocery Shop? I, I can't wait. I've, oh. I've been prepping my, my stage presentations with my panelists. I, I'm getting goosed up for this. Yeah, I'm out in Santa Cruz. I've been trying to visit as many grocery stores as I can while I'm out here because they have different banners than we get to see. So last night I was in a Safeway and... I've got some stories for you, Chris. It's going got, to got some Safeway stories. Oh, I like Safeway stories. Oh man, Safeway the pickup that reminds me of pickup Safeway yes. in uh, San Francisco. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh All yes. Right. Yes. Cool. Are, yep. are those stories we're going to share on this podcast, or are those stories you're going to tell me uh, in private? I think I think that if you see us at grocery shop, I'll share some of my. All stories. right. So ask yeah. Ann about her Safeway stories, <laughs> folks. That's that's quite an enticing offer there, and I love it. All right, in today's Fast Five, we've got news on Shein and Forever 21, Amazon bringing Just Walk Out on campus with Grubhub, Macy's and Gap partnering on a new sleepwear collection, Sephora rolling out contactless checkout at, on its employees' devices, but we begin today with additional news on the payment front that's pretty interesting, Anne. Ugh. Hold on to your double macchiato, Chris, because Starbucks oh. is piloting scanless payments at the drive-thru. Everyone, I know, right? I collectively rejoice. Everybody in the background listening to this podcast is getting excited. So according to TechCrunch, Starbucks confirmed an internal test of scanless pay, which is a new contactless checkout method that would leverage a Starbucks app's users' current geolocation to identify them in the drive-thru lane so that they wouldn't have to pull out their phone to pay. The experience is currently only being tested as a proof of concept with Starbucks employees, the company told TechCrunch. It does not have a set date to when this feature would launch with consumers or if it even will, but let's be real. It's going to... I think it's going to happen. Yeah. The system works by asking the user to opt into the feature in their app and once that's enabled, customers can check in on the mobile app when they arrive at a participating drive through store. They're in that long, long, long line for the drive through Then once they uh, can t- they get to the screen, they can tell the barista their name that they've checked in after placing their order. Then when they approach the window, there isn't anything else to do but give them your name, accept your order, and move on. Chris, what, what, so what has Starbucks done for us now? I, I, I know. like Starbucks is... So great, so great, so great. Like, what, what's that? That's like from a movie. So great, it's so great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, it's Jimmy Fallon. It's so great, it's so great, guys. Uh, they're so great at being on the front side of everything, man. I mean, you kind of hit it on the head right there. I mean, and and the, the cool thing about this story too is we know that getting people quickly through a drive-through matters. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys saw this. I don't know if you saw this too, and I think you did, but. There was a story in the news about three or four weeks ago where they added a drive-through lane in a Phoenix store, a Phoenix operation. Yeah. And the sales from that additional drive-through lane have increased like upwards of 20% just from the one drive-through lane. That's how much more drive-through traffic they're getting. So so it makes sense that when it comes to drive-through, you want to do anything you can to speed up this process, especially if you live in Minnesota like we do and you don't want to hand your phone or your credit card out 
the window when it's like below zero degrees and you're certainly as hell not going into the Starbucks either. So, but the cool thing about this to me, what's really interesting about this approach yeah. is we've talked about various approaches. We've, we had listener on our show a while ago where they're doing ultrasonic technology to, you know, pass sound waves to do this type of thing. But, but this approach is really interesting because they're geolocating the car right. based on where it is in the drive-through against the app. And so that has broad applicability when you start thinking about gas stations that can do the same thing, electric vehicle charging that can do the same thing. So, uh, you know, you said it, but I 100% agree with you. It's only a matter of time before this gets out of the test phase, because I, I, I think people are going to use it and the people that use it are going to love it and want to keep using it. Yeah, I mean, I think you just look at the success, like I was reading too in preparation for this, like Starbucks has seen 70% of its orders are coming through mobile pickup. Like people are utilizing this already. It's like, it's just a behavior that they've developed. And you can already do this. Like when you can already do a mobile order pickup in the drive-thru. And have you, I don't know if you've tried that. Oh, I've never but done it's that. Like, I didn't know you could oh, do that. Oh, it's That's super awesome. slick too. Yeah. Mm. I mean, granted, assuming the line isn't super long, but like if it starts right, to downpour, yeah. You could just pull up and to the drive-thru and do this. So I, I don't see any reason why Starbucks wouldn't move forward with this, especially as a test. Like it's it's the same thing they did once they started mobile ordering. Like get people, those yeah. early adopters on the platform, you know, start doing heavier utilization beyond just the employees and, and really pressure test this to see what the best way um, is for this to be successful for Starbucks. But I think you're also right too, Chris. I think it's only a matter of time before we see more... Uh, retailers in the QSR space start to utilize this technology beyond Starbucks. I mean, mm-hmm. we saw kind of the tr- the trickle down effect when Starbucks saw so much success with this. We're seeing, you know, Panera testing just walk out or uh, Palm Technology from Amazon to right. do this sort of thing to really speed up this process because there isn't a reason why it needs to be the long exchange and there is so much more of a revenue opportunity if they can nail this down and, and do this uh, more quickly and more efficiently. Yeah. Do you remember those early days of the Starbucks app, Ann, when we'd come in and oh, like, yeah. we knew how to use it and no one else knew? And like people would look at us like, what the heck were it's you doing? It's still happening, Chris, in the oh, airport. Yeah. On the way here, it was like, yeah, there's right. this long yeah, snake line. It it's like people don't even realize that, you know, that's it. That's an option. But yeah, I mean, I, I think we're going to talk about this more in the show, but I think there's even more opportunity here, whether you're going to Build your own like Starbucks is doing, or your am or you're gonna license something like Amazon technology to help expedite this process. But it's something that I think we're gonna continue to see in the QSR yeah. space. This one's gonna be harder for people to see though and get amazed, right? Because you can't see inside yes. somebody's car to see how they're paying. But uh, you know, th- but yeah, I think this will take off as soon as as soon as people get get used to using it. So all right, headline number two: Sheehan and Forever 21 have signed a mutual distribution deal. According to Retail Dive, Sheehan has inked a deal with Forever 21's operator that would allow the fast fashion rivals to distribute each other's products through both companies' digital and retail channels. Under the deal, Sheehan will hold a one-third interest in Spark Group, the operator, a joint vet, or what is also the operator of Forever 21, which is a joint venture between Forever 21's parent companies, Authentic Brands Group, and the Simon Property Group. And Spark will also, interestingly enough, become a minority shareholder in Sheehan. And what are your thoughts on this tie-up? I Uh, I imagine you've got quite a bit to say on this one. I mean, there's not a whole lot to say. It's just like you have two former foes 
that are joining forces to like take over the fast fashion world. I mean, I think this is brilliant. You have Forever 21 with a physical footprint in North America that she and customers desperately need, that she needs for their customers for returns, for try-on, for resale, for pop-up. Like we've seen she and do pop-up physical stores. But if you can just move into Forever 21, like they're talking about doing with this partnership, like so easy, right demographic, right uh, mix of, of, you know, what making up for like forever 21 having what Shein doesn't. And the, and this, the benefit isn't all to Shein either here. I think forever 21 now gets the scale digitally that Shein can offer them. Um, and now has, you know, products that they can put on the Shein platform to sell beyond, you know, the North American market where they're doing so well. Um, and I'm curious to see, Chris, do you think that eventually, like, do you think there's any interest in the other, like, authentic brands group brands going on the Shein platform eventually? Like, Shein's talking about yeah. marketplacing and stuff. Like, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Like, I'm curious to see, like, this This seems like the logical approach where, you know, they're, they're supplementing for what each other doesn't have, Forever 21 and Shein. But will they start to bring other brands on the Shein, you know, marketplace or platform after Forever 21 pilots this? Yeah, that's it. That's interesting. I mean, the other, the other, I think the, the the other point of this that's even more interesting to me though is actually like, does Shein, you know, acquire or in some way become Forever Twenty One in oh, the United yeah. States? Right? Like, yeah. Does that end up being what happens here? Because that takes the stigma of being a Chinese company mm-hmm. out of the equation in a lot of ways too. And so there's interesting tie-ins when you start going down that road. But that's why I love it too. It's a great move on both sides because you know, like you said, or you know, the points I would add, like forever 21 has been in a tough spot. Like they've been in, they've been in a tough spot of late, you know? Um, and they've been getting pushed very hard by everyone in this space, all the, the digitally native brands, but particularly Shein too, like that's mm-hmm. going right into their territory. So the cool thing about this deal is they're now equally yoked to try to figure this out together. Right. Um, and so that's what, that's why the long-term significance of maybe there's a play here where one becomes the other is really interesting to me. And we had Winnie Park, the CEO yes. of Forever 21 on our show when we were at Commerce Next, we were super impressed with her and how she thought about the business. Huge background in apparel and retailing and is going to figure this out too. So great move by her right? in the first years of her tenure as well. Yeah. I mean, I got to love it. All right, let's go to headline number three. Grubhub is adding Amazon's Just Walk Out technology to its college campus dining experiences. According to GeekWire, Amazon's Just Walk Out technology is being deployed for the first time by Grubhub as part of the food ordering platform's Grubhub campus experience. Just Walk Out will be used at Loyola University, Maryland in Baltimore at a store called the Bowman Express, which offers freshly prepared foods, beverages, frozen food, snacks, and convenience store items. Loyola is one of 300 higher education institutions that uh, Grubhub works with. And uh, it says that Grubhub also told GeekWire that it is the only food ordering and delivery marketplace that works with campus dining programs. Mm, so they've got the monopoly, Chris. Um, what do you think of this uh, this move by Grubhub on the Loyola campus? Yeah. And, you know, the important part of this story, too, which I forgot about, I had to go back and look this up because I had totally forgotten about this. I forgot. I mean, I remember that there was the Grubhub with Prime thing, right? Yeah. That they announced a few, uh, like a year. I don't remember when it was, but it was a while back. I forgot that they also invested in Grubhub, right? They have all oh, these Amazon. War- yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They yeah. have all these warrants to get more equity and stuff. Yes. So this is really interesting and, and very strategic from Amazon. And I'll explain why in a sec, but 
I don't know, Ed, I don't know if I'm sick today because I love all three of the first headlines. Like the Whoa. first three headlines, I'm like, love, love, love. You know, yeah. that's like three loves in a row. Like it's like, it's like the show is big Are love. You feeling today. all right? Big love. Okay? Big love Omni Talk, which okay. hopefully it's okay. not because that would be really weird. But um, but no, I mean, the idea of merging just walk out with food delivery is something that I've long been a fan of. I first wrote about it in Forbes back in 2020, which was like three years ago. And it makes so much sense to start with doing that on campus and then broaden out from there. Because the interesting thing about campus, when you talk about last mile or quick delivery, is that there's scale because the same orders are more likely going to the same neighborhoods or even in this case, the same dormitories. That's very different than, say, like the standard quick commerce operation where you have no idea where those orders are going. You yeah. know, out. you have no clue. But here they're likely going in the same area. So that gives you scale in the delivery. Um, and so this is very akin to what DoorDash is doing with their Double Dash program, because over the long run, if you think about it, you play this out, it gives Grubhub the ability to do the exact same thing out of their convenience stores on campus and gives them the ability to offer that service to their, their college customers that are ordering food delivered to their dorms or for pickup at the on-site dining uh uh, dining, dining, hall, yeah. dining hall. Thank you. That's yeah. what I'm looking yes. for. Thanks for saying yeah, yeah. The, the dining halls. But then you could say also, you know what? I also want a bottle of Coke, a pack of Doritos, whatever the hell college kids are eating these days. You know, they can double, like similarly double dash that to the order. But the cool thing is that just walk out technology makes that really simple because all the inventory is accurate and clearly visible in the store so that those orders can be placed more reliably. That's the value here. Mm-hmm. And so I again I love 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 this predicted that it was something we we're going to start to see Amazon smartly is going after it in the right place with the right partner 300 locations across college campuses that just makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I mean I think you're 100% right. I think it's another example of how Amazon in this case and a company that it owns interest in Grubhub are creating this like easy button not just for retailers, like not just like the examples we talked about earlier in the show with like Panera, but it's also doing this for educational institutions like colleges, they're learning and testing in that environment, all the way to housing. Like I think this is another, there's another story this week about how they're deploying Just Walk Out technology at the Regency 55 plus housing. And I think that's another opportunity. Like once you install mm. Palm Pay, like how many things does that get you access to? Is it access to your dorm, you know, room without having to carry a key around? Is it access to your housing facility, to the mm. grocery store in the facility, to parking, like all these things? I think that, you know, it just further leverages or levers up Amazon as a, a, the go-to to as an operation base for everything on an owned property. Like I think this is huge. Plus you have Grubhub now where you're getting students hooked because they're ordering from the dining. That's the only place they can go to the dining hall. This is multiple times a day. So now you're ingraining this behavior into those students who will eventually graduate, become prime members or Grubhub plus members, fingers crossed, but it's so part of their day-to-day process. And they've been doing it so quickly that there's no reason to leave the platform, even if it increases in price a couple dollars once they get out of campus. And then the final thing I'll say is Chris, the dining hall card is the method of payment here too. Oh, so when yeah. you think about as a parent sending your kid right. to college, like you're just loading that thing up. You don't know where they're, right. you assume it's dining hall, but now as a student, right. I get access to delivery from my favorite restaurants that Grubhub will bring to my, 
yeah. apartment. And right. sure, I'm using the dining hall. Like, nope, right. no, I'm not. Right. I'm going to, the, I'm getting the Domino's yeah. pizza delivered every night. And now it's all coming out of your student supplied payments app, which yeah. I think, again, is like the, the this underlying hidden thing here that's happening in the background that is very powerful for Grubhub and for it. Amazon. Yeah, that's re- that's really intriguing too. Yeah, because the convenient the convenient yeah, it's a convenience store basically. Like they're operating a yeah. convenience store on campus that has just walkout technology. And retail is all about scale. You know, I mm-hmm. talked about it before with being on campus, but the other scale in this is you're operating a convenience store, which is also a warehouse for picking for you know doubling up on your orders. And the other point I'd raise to you, and and then we'll move on, is I po- reposted the article that I wrote in Forbes, and you know who immediately jumped on it and was like, "Thank you for recognizing what we're doing here." Amazon people. They're yeah. like, yeah. So I mean, like, that's the play here, people. That's why they're doing this. It, it's pretty damn obvious that there, there's something to to what we're talking about here. So all right, and headline number four. This is a fun one. This is definitely one not to sleep on. And you'll see why that was very much a pun intended. The Gap and, and Macy's have partnered on a new sleepwear collection. According to Chain Store Age, the exclusive collection of sleepwear, underwear, and intimates for men and women. Is available now on Macy's.com, Macy's mobile app, and in select Macy's stores nationwide. Prices range from $12.50 to $79.95. And yes, you can tell how I feel about this already from that read. Yes. But this is also the put you on the spot question this week from our good friends at the AM Consumer and Retail Group. And here it is. Quote, Let's have it. New Gap CEO Richard Dixon recently Dick said. Dixon. Dick Back Dixon. Dick Dixon. Our favorite alliterative name. I, do you think people call him Wee Dick? We, I, I don't. I doubt they do. They, they, they. they I, I, we I, might, I, we might be calling him that from now on. Wee Dick Dixon. <laughs> All right. uh, he said, "We need to make these brands matter more." And I want August twenty second, which was his first day on the job, twenty twenty three, to mark the exciting new chapter. To mark an exciting new chapter. Apologize for Gap Inc. Is so the question for you, Anne, is this is a sleepwear partnership with Macy's the way you hoped Gap would start? We Dick Dixon's next chapter. Oh, we Dick. Uh, my guess is, Chris, to answer any AM's question, is that this plan was in motion long before we Dick Dixon was seated yes. as CEO. Uh, at least I hope Although he was so. on the board, but yeah, hopefully this didn't go for board. True. I'm guessing though, that he was not involved in this specific decision. Right. This was just the result of people saying yes to anything that might bring in revenue for the brand. Trying to save, <laughs> save the struggling, the struggling gap brand. Um, and in fact, I I'm reading something right now that I want to call out to readers. There's a book called the kingdom of prep by Maggie Bullock that I'm reading mm. right now that explores the history of J crew. But a good chunk of this book is also talking about Gap because they brought mm-hmm. so many people over from Gap. But the whole point of this, and I think this is important for this story, is that it's talking about the different CEOs that get keep getting brought in to like revive these brands and how each of these CEOs have kind of gone in and done that, both at Gap, like Mickey Drexler, and then you know when they brought him into J. Crew, like what their hopes are for the people to do this. But I think that what I've what I've found in this book so far, and I think this is applicable for Gap too, is like the people that really have the the ability to revive these brands are the ones who are focused on the unique point of view that Gap in this case brings. And I don't know how this is helping the Gap brand or even the Macy's brand. Like 
there's not enough cachet in the gap name anymore, I think, to make this like a barn burner seller for the Macy's crowd. Like it's I would expect they would go with something like denim or something that's a little more attuned to like gaps roots instead of, you know, a sleepwear collection like gaps right. not known for their sleepwear collection. It's a tell. I think, no, it definitely is. So I just want to understand Dick. Dick, We Dick Dixon. I got some questions for mm. you. Why Macy's? Yeah. Why sleepwear? How are you going to resurrect this brand with your unique style and point of view? Otherwise, there's no reason to have like gap does not need to exist. Like I I really don't think that we need, there's nothing driving me to gap to get a certain thing that I can't get anywhere else. And partnering with Macy's is certainly not the way to do this. So that was my long rant. Yeah, no, it's good. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to take that rant and and add to it, you know, and I'm going to use the, I'm going to use the word we again. I'm going to see how many times we can use we in this podcast, because do you remember the old, do you remember the old Scottish Mike Myers on Saturday Night Live? There's, there's, we little we and freaking huge. Yeah, well, I'm gonna go on a freaking huge rant here, and uh, because I 100% agree, this makes so little sense on so many levels. Okay, yeah. first of all, I got th- I think three points I want to make here. First of all, the beauty of Gap and the heritage of Gap is that it isn't a department store. Yes, and in fact, I can make the argument that the Gap was one of the originators of the whole idea of specialty apparel. And to, so, so to see them go into a department store is completely mind-boggling to me. It makes no sense. I can remember a phone conversation that I had vividly, vividly with a friend of mine, Louis Fanger. That was his name. He's probably not listening. Still friends with him, but he's probably not listening. But I was 23 years old. I just started working at The Gap. And I was basically like, dude, I love my job. I don't understand why anyone goes into a department store to shop for clothing, clothing when they can go to a specialty retail apparel store and just shop inside the brand in the mall. Like, I just don't understand that. True story. That I remember that conversation vividly. And now you're putting your products into the department store? Makes no sense. All right, That's, so second It's the point, antithesis of, like, wasn't yeah. Gap, Gap, the creator of Gap created it to sell <laughs> Levi's. Like, that was his, it was, that's in this book too. Like, he created Gap because the department stores couldn't carry enough stock of the Levi's right. that he wanted and, to get in the 70s. And yeah. then Mickey Drexler came in and supercharged the whole idea of specialty retail. Like, yeah. you know- Merchant Prince, kudos to him. But then my second point, Anne, it's just even better. Like, like, what point does Macy's even serve strategically? You're in the same mall. Like, how does that help either company? And I then know. my last point, which is what you hit on too, sleepwear. I mean, first, first you had home products with with Walmart, Walmart. which we also said was dumb. Again, something you don't know at the gap. Now you're doing sleepwear with Macy's. If you if you really think distribution partnerships are the answer, then why don't you go all in and be done with it and put your logo on your sweatshirts and start selling them on Amazon? But oh wait, you already do that. Remember, they already do that too. So I, so I mean, good luck, Dick Dixon. I, you've got a hell of a job in front of you. And it, and at the end of the day, when it gets right down to it, it starts with better product and better in-store experience. In the Gap stores themselves, if you think wholesale is going to save you, yeah. no way in hell. It starts no. with better products and better experiences in your brands themselves. That's what's going to matter. Approaches like this aren't going to fix a damn thing, a goddamn thing, And All right, my rant is over. We've gone over our five you. minutes I don't know, I don't know if I topped it, but like whatever, you know? <laughs> I, I want to get animated there. That's all right. We feel very passionately about 
about gap sleep. And I think we were under set, under five minutes. By my records, we were four forty six. Actually, all right. So I think we nailed it, but we'll let's see. Let's stay on track. It plays out. Yeah. All, all right. right. Headline one. number five, Chris. This will get your blood pressure back down. Uh, headline number five is that Sephora will now accept payment via employee devices in select U.S. stores. According to retail leaders, Sephora's beauty advisors within these stores will be able to accept contactless credit and debit cards, Apple Pay, and other NFC-enabled digital wallets available on smartphones and smartwatches anywhere in their stores using their their iPhone and the point-of-sale app. Chris, what are your thoughts on this one? You going to go on oh, a rant man. for me? No, 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 good question. But uh, no, and I know you've got some points here too that, you know, as a more devout Sephora shopper than I can probably shed some light on this more than I can. But no, I mean, I love this one too, which makes, I think, four out of the five headlines that I love. Leave it to my, leave it to my favorite brand, The Gap, to, 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 to bring you down. I know. From five out of five, which I think would be an all time first on the show. But, um, but I love this, but I I will express a caveat, Anne. Okay. Um, because mobile mobile employee checkout experiences aren't just about checkout. That was a big epiphany I had in talking to somebody earlier this week and, and looking at this story. The real beauty in them and leveraging them as a capability inside your retail operation is that the mobile device is a selling tool throughout the shopping process. And therefore, it can make it easy when the time comes to pay, but you shouldn't think about it as solely as a device that checks people out. Mm. So by that, I mean like, there's other things you can be doing with these devices, like logging what people are telling your sales associates, the products that they want, or updating their carts through the try-on process in apparel is another example. And then and then when it comes to time to check out, making it simple and easy. But while I think, the, my other caveat too is like, while I think it's going to work for Sephora, this isn't something that I would advise all fashion specialty retailers to start you know, following on and rushing into to follow what they're doing here, the approach they're doing here, even though they're a great omnichannel retailer, because you have to take an approach like I just described because there's still other activities inside those operations like bagging, folding, tag removal that are going to come into play. So you have to think about how you're going to deploy a mobile checkout system or operation differently inside of those environments. So that's the one thing. But I but I love it for Sephora, particularly when you think about the sales assisted model that they have on the floor. Yeah. And then also through how they do their queue and, and their wrap to pay, which can be, you know, very long at times as well. Yeah. I mean, you got me thinking too, like even thinking about like the listening that could eventually happen on those devices for training for future, you know what I mean? Like there's so much information that, that you can be collecting, you know, ordering things from, you know, shipping from, from a different store. Like we've seen, you know, work so well at places like Lululemon with the iPhones. Like there's so much opportunity here, but most of all, I think this to me says that Sephora as a retailer is truly listening to their customers in their desires to have an omni-channel, the the definition of an omni-channel experience, which is checking out in all the ways and and uh, varieties that I want as a consumer and meeting my needs there. If I'm just going in for a refill trip, I know what you know foundation I'm getting, but I need some help with that assistant. They bring me to the foundation and I can check out right then and there, plop it in my bag and then walk out the store instead of waiting in the very, very long, which can get very long, winding Sephora line that they're known so 
um, uh, they're known so well for. I think this is just really uh, making sure that I can get the information that I need that I can check out without having to, you know, to be searching through the store for somebody. Plus it also gives attribution, I think, to those, those cast members who are helping the beauty advisors who are helping you in the store. Instead of me trying to remember right. once I've been waiting right. in line for 20 minutes, who Good helped point. me on the floor trying to find them throughout the store. Like, this is giving attribution, which I think will also help improve, you know, stats and training for those sales associates too, so that they're getting recognition for the time that they're spending and the impact they're having on the store's bottom line. So I absolutely love this. Um, the only question I have is like, what, what, how, how, what was the hurdle like to get the Sephora team over, you know, what they're, they're known so well for this winding line with all the minis and sampling that, impulse you know, they're purchases. like, they're like yeah. one of the best impulse shopping mm-hmm. examples that is out there. So yeah. like, what does this, how does this impact what's going on in that line? But I, I really don't think it's, it's um, any risk to them. I think they're just going to see more revenue. Yeah. I'm sure it's something they're watching closely. The other point that I bring up too in closing here too, and this was this is not my 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 kind of insight. It's something I learned from Mike Tattersall as I was prepping him for a grocery shop interview, believe it or not. But I think it's very germane to this conversation, which is he said he he predicts a, a simplification of software and hardware that employees have to use in their day-to-day jobs in the stores. That there's going to be a consolidation effort around yeah. both both those things, which is really interesting. And so you think of it. As like, what is the all-in-one or all-encompassing PDA or personal data assistant that the store employees are going to use that works for every job? And what is the core software that enables them to do those jobs is also the next question and what that looks like on those devices and what those interfaces look like too. But that's the path we're going down because, you know, there's less employees, they're more expensive to get, and you need them to be as productive as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, Chris, well, let's go to the lightning round. The first question I have for you is a Capri Sun kid noise canceling juice drink campaign mm. just launched in collaboration with TaskRabbit, which promises to deliver almost a minute of quiet based on the idea that it takes an average of roughly 50 seconds to drink a Capri Sun. What is your go to kid noise canceling trick and i need to know this because i'm traveling right now with my two small children one of 50, whom will not stop talking 50 seconds to drink to drink a capri sun i think would take me like two seconds to drink a capri sun um god i i hate to say it but the, the best noise canceling trick is the ipad the video games i mean that, I that it works every time it works every time or uh you know i i think you know my one kid likes punch pizza which is a local pizza place if i get that in his face yeah, he, he'll, he'll shut up quiet. and start eating for a couple a couple of days, but or a couple of minutes. But yeah, that, those are the best answers I have. Unfortunately, they, the first one really sucks. Um, <laughs> all right, Helmet just gave a rookie Titans quarterback a lifetime mayonnaise mayonnaise contract. That's another kind of that's another kind of thing. Mayonnaise. Yeah. What is your favorite thing to put mayo on, Anne? Oh, uh, easily a BLT. I think that like makes right the BLT right. It's like the yeah. best part. Absolutely. And you can't have too much. You, no. You, you, like you, if you if you over mayonnaise a BLT, it'll screw it up. You got to be no. very cautious with how much you put on. But it is the best thing, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. Uh, question number three, Chris. IKEA's radical innovation studio, Studio 10, is shutting down forever. The goal of the studio was to figure out new ways of thinking about what IKEA could accomplish rather than specific products it should, sh- it should sell. If there were one thing in your life you would like to IKEA-ize, what would Ooh. it be? Ooh, that's a good question, man. Ah, 
Nothing's coming off the top of my head, but I will tell you this. If if I were to have another kid or if I was to rename my kid, I would strongly considering naming him Billy Bookcase Walton because I think that would be just bomb. So you would use the Ikea yes. like Swedish names to yes. reconsider naming your to own To rename children. my kids Billy Bookcase Walton. I, I just love that. BBW. That's just I mean, great. I think maybe we Dick Walton would appreciate a Billy Bookcase Walton. It's probably going to want to change his name perhaps, later, right? Yeah, perhaps. Right. Yes. Uh, all right. Last one. Dove is celebrating women's armpits. By way of mm. a new hashtag free the pits campaign at New York City transit hubs. Do you agree with the campaign creators who think that people should not be self-conscious of their underarms? Uh absolutely not. You need to be self-conscious <laughs> know, right? of your underarms yes. at all times. Yes. Uh especially, especially on mass transit. Please, dear God, put on your deodorant. Dove, what in the hell are you trying to do to all of us? I, I want to like take the dove marketing person who came up with this idea and just stick their head in an armpit for an entire subway ride from like, you know, the village all the way up to the Upper East Side. I'm going to put your head in the armpit and see if you still want to free the pits, man. Oh, right. Yeah. Just because you're sure doesn't mean you should be raising your hand. No, no. 100%. I'm glad you said that. All right. Happy birthday today to Debbie Gibson, Chris Tucker, and to the man who, if I were so inclined, could be my American gigolo every day of the week and twice on Sundays, Richard Gere. And remember, if you can only read or listen, why are you giving me that face? You don't like Richard Gere? He's I don't so know. Awesome. There's like too many movie? gerbil stories from my he kid. Is, like, he is I don't... so awesome in that movie, Ann. Oh, oh my I've God. Seen, yeah. Great. American gigolo, he's so Oh, so good in that movie. Oh I, my god. He, another wee dick on this. Wee dick gear. That's his Yeah, he's uh, a Richard too, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. Wow. Yeah. Dick and gear. It, not and, and, and not that my movie, American dick. In that movie, there's nothing left to the imagination either, if my memory serves. So if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business on that final note, make it Omni Talk. The only retail media outlet run by two former executives from a current top ten US retailer. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice-weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content exclusive to us, and we do it all just for you. And we try really hard to make it all fit within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at www.omnitalk.blog. Thanks, as always, for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. Go Cubs! And until next week, and on behalf of all of us at Omnitalk Retail, as always, be careful out there. The Omnitalk Fast Five is brought to you in association with the AM Consumer and Retail Group. The AM Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities toward their maximum potential. CRG brings the experience, tools, and operator-like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies be on the right side of disruption. And Firework. Firework is the largest video commerce solution built for the world's leading brands. They empower brands with shoppable and live stream video on their own websites where people like to shop. Put your commerce in motion with Firework. You can find out more at firework.com. And SPS Commerce. SPS is redefining how businesses across the supply chain operate in an omni-channel world. Their experts, tech, and data work together to fuel your growth and deliver for your customers. To find out more, head to spscommerce.com. And Sezzle. Sezzle is an innovative buy now, pay later solution that allows shoppers to split purchases into four interest-free payments over six weeks. To learn more, visit sezzle.com.